Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom's weight management programs are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. You're listening to Wins Above Fantasy, part of the Pitcherless Podcast Network with Van Burnett and Steve Giswelli. Welcome back, everybody. It is Wins Above Fantasy, episode 97, Friday, April 28th. And Steve, we are rounding out our first official month. Great time to look at early pitching standouts following up the hitter episode that we had last week. It seems like that time of year where it's almost the last call on the pitcher breakouts that happen early enough that you can truly enjoy the fruits of the labor throughout the entire season. Uh, And we got a great mix here. We're going to be talking about some top-end guys who definitely appear to be breaking out, then have a little trick-or-treat segment where we're looking at guys who, you know, it appears that there's some changes happening and some light at the tunnel, some, you might call it post-hype sleepers, And then, you know, some guys who are struggling as well. And, of course, we cannot get out of this kind of pitcher palooza without talking about all the youngsters coming up as well. So we're going to pretty much touch on it all. Very excited to have you guys here tuning in with us. I'm Van Burnett, uh, joined, as always, by Steve Giswelli. You guys can follow us on Twitter at WinsAbovePod. I'm at Van underscore Verified. And Steve is at Stav8818. Steve? You know, I was trying to talk for a long time to save your voice a little bit. I know you've got the uh, NHL hockey fever going on right now. Yeah, yeah. Quick disclaimer: apologies for the voice. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this podcast hurt. You know, this is, uh, this is uh, tough when you when you lose your voice as a podcaster. Um, you know, it's like it's like it's like play it's playing playing hurt. You don't play injured, you play hurt. But I'm battling through it. Yes, as you said, I am deep involved in. Uh, a, a, a grueling playoff series for my beloved New Jersey Devils. Um, they are heading into Game Five tomorrow night as we record this on Wednesday. Um, so yeah, did a lot of screaming over the weekend when they won their two games to even the series so far. So uh, apologies for the for the voice, but we'll make up for it with some with some great content and and hope you can bear with me uh, sounding like uh, you know I, I I've been screaming for the last forty eight hours. Because I have. Yeah, you kind of sound like a head coach after like a March Madness game or something. Yeah, or, yeah. You know, given the coach speak. So uh, I kind of like it, though. It's a little grit for the show here to, <laughs> to represent, you know, where we're at, scratching and clawing for any help we can get, which pretty much every team needs with pitching. So uh, I, I know, Steve, we've uh, we both found some early success in some of our leagues. I, I think we probably got some shares of these guys, but... I don't know about you, a lot of these are very actionable for me where I either scooped some of the young guys up or I'm getting the the FOMO, seeing some of these guys out there on the free agents or on the wire and wondering if they're really about to go off. So without further ado, I think we got to just jump straight in and we'll start with the heavy hitters here. These are the standouts. I think these would be trade targets or guys that we just, 
you know, we owe it to them to kind of assess what's going on here because this is kind of the ascent group from where they were during draft season to definitely moving up a couple slots on the SP ranks. And I think the first one is Joe Ryan, who you probably drafted as an SP3 and looks every bit of an SP1 so far this season. The first pitcher in the league to reach five wins, uh, 32 innings pitched. He is 5-0, and a 2-8-1 ERA, and everything just looks to be working for Joe Ryan. I think the strikeout rate is where the upside was. We knew the Twins kind of were, were down to give their guys some volume. We'll talk about a few others here. But Joe Ryan, I mean, the velocity's up a little bit on the fastball. We all know he's got kind of the wonky delivery, which can be deceptive. But, Steve, what are you seeing with Joe Ryan? I think it's been two outings where he's made the Yankees look foolish. Of course, they have less hits on the season than the Oakland A's, so that's kind of been on brand for the Yankees, surprisingly, this season. But what's up with Joe Ryan, man? Are you are you kind of buying this as a true ascent? I, I'm excited about it, man. I got some shares, and I'm pumped. Yeah, um, real quick, I guess, like, sort of how the sausage is made and what we do to get these lists of names and what we want to talk about. We've kind of done this the last few years um, when looking at early season pitching. Um, but the two things that I think we look at and, and how I, I get this list of names is the K minus BB leaderboard, which is just strikeout percentage minus walk percentage because it's the best in-season indicator, at least statistically, um, for predicting in-season pitching performance. So that's a great leaderboard. Um, I sort over there on fan graphs. Um, and, and you know, what do you know? These guys sort of pop, and that's how we get these names. And then another thing now that's also on fan graphs is Eno Saris's Stuff Plus leaderboard. Uh, there used to be a Google Sheet that we'd reference a lot, and, you know, it would we would see an update article from Eno, you know, basically once a month over at The Athletic and, and – peruse that leaderboard for for names to talk about um but that's now on uh the pitch modeling tab on the Fangraphs leaderboard so um two great tools for early season indicators um now both at Fangraphs and hey what do you know uh joe ryan pops on on both of these he has a 29.3 percent strikeout rate and just a 3.3 percent um walk rate that's kind of what I hinted at last year with Joe Ryan. There was a lot to like about that, but there was some room for growth. Like in the minors, he had really, really low uh, walk rates, uh, you know, 4.7%, 5%, um, 3.8% in high A. And then last year was close to 8 which is really good, but there was kind of some room for improvement, and we're seeing that now. And not only that, but he bumped up his strikeout rate from 25% to 29%. Um, which is awesome. Uh, he's throwing harder. His fastball is up to 93, uh, which, you know, it it's not, not, doesn't blow the doors off anyone, but we've talked about with Ryan his deceptiveness in his delivery that basically generates this, you know, added velo from a perspective, right? His, his 93 seems a lot harder because of how, when he releases the ball and how he hides the ball and just his, his delivery. The Twins have done a great job identifying those sort of guys um, and just deceptiveness. So, But to add a tick, hey, you're going to take it. Um, and the fastball is absolutely elite. Um, it's one of the best fastballs by Stuff Plus 
just in, in the majors. Um, so uh, that's really good. It's it's great to start. Um, you know, to have that base. Uh, it's the 11th best fastball by Stuff Plus, um, right behind Dylan Cease, and then another guy who I'm going to tease that we'll hit on later as like a sleeper by low sort of guy that's a really, really interesting name. But yeah, he's around guys like Wheeler, McClanahan, Cease with fastball stuff plus. His location plus is also great, so that's something that you know comes with a guy that has just a 3% walk rate. Um, he's not throwing a splitter. Um, yeah, the slider isn't isn't getting a lot of whiffs. The splitter isn't getting a lot of whiffs. The fastball is really doing the heavy work. Um, Nick Pollock, uh, wrote about it in his SP Roundup this morning that you know the fastball is elite and he's really close to getting that ace is going to ace label just on the fastball alone. Like he's waiting for those whiffs to click on either the slider or this new splitter. Um, and hey, if the, if that happens and he starts putting away his guys with his secondaries, like this is like not just SP one. This is like top ten SP if he's able to do that. Um, either. Easier said than done, but I really, really like what's going on with Joe Ryan and think that you know everything under the hood shows that he could be a buy high if someone's willing to looking to sell based on these uh, you know first five starts or so. Yeah, and even though the the splitter isn't necessarily getting the whiffs right now, just a one thirty nine batting average against, so I think it might be playing up with the fastball. He locates them both really, really well. And you love to love to see just kind of the evolution of a pitch mix from a 26-year-old who we were already pretty excited about. So, yeah, great to see the strikeouts up. Uh, great to see that he's done this against the Yankees the, twice, the Astros. So I think uh, all signs point up for Joe Ryan. And, yeah, super excited for, for what's ahead. I think it's a buy-high situation. And, you know, you'd have to pay quite a bit, but I think... Uh, I mean, let's just take a look. I guess on, on the list right now, he's 21st uh, on Nick Pollock's list. So, you know, I, I guess if you were... Yeah, it's pretty high. Kinda, yeah. Yeah, if you were going to pay up, it, it might be a situation of like having to trade a, I don't know, like a, a Darvish or, you know, maybe still he's, somebody who got drafted higher like a Shane Bieber He's twenty first on Nick's list. I wouldn't. I would imagine that's like close to the high man, though. You know. Yeah, Nick might be higher on. Yeah, you might be able to get a little bit uh, of of a discount there, in in the trade market. So yeah, I think enough said on Joe Ryan. Ride the train, and uh, if you if you can go out and make some offers because this uh, all the signs look like this is pretty legit. Uh, let's talk about. One of his teammates, who is also amidst, uh, I guess, a well-overdue breakout in Pablo Lopez. He's another guy, Steve, who's got the velo up. And honestly, what's going on with the Twins here, we talked about it last year. I think their pitching coach, Wes, is it Wes Johnson? But I we were talking so, about it yeah. with, with Chris Paddock last year, who looked really good before he, got, he went down with TJ. So this is kind of like, you know, grabbing the attention. I know we'll talk about another twin as well, but... Pablo Lopez, Velo up as well. 30 innings pitch. He's got a 3-0-0 ERA, 32.3% strikeout rate, and the walks are in check too, sub-7% walk rate. Uh, again, Steve, Pablo Lopez really looks like he's on the precipice, kind of the same range as Joe Ryan, where he might be flirting with an SP1, SP2. Uh, what are you seeing with Pablo Lopez? And again, are we buying this as a legit breakout? 
to hit on the twins thing, um, there was a really interesting quote. I don't know if it was just on Twitter, if it was part of an article. Apologies that I don't have that sourced right now, but Lopez sort of talked about what happened and when the twins sat him down when they really met for the first time in spring training. And he was basically saying, like, they knew everything about me. They say, hey, this is what they liked about me. This is what we want to do. They laid out this plan and just had this amazing talk and gave him the confidence and the tools that he needed to basically have the success that he's having this season. It was a really, really eye-opening quote from Lopez about just how he impressed he was with the Twins organization, uh, what they presented to him, and, 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 and the plan that they had to make him into a better pitcher. And so far, it's it's working. Like The added velo, um, the, the pitch mix change, he's added a slider, um, ditched a cutter that he's had in the past. Um, I mean, to throw, you know, it, it, there's a difference between the Joe Ryan velo bump from like 92 to 93, Lopez is from 93.5 to like 95.1. Like once you start throwing over 94, that's kind of like the threshold now where it used to be, you know, 92 to 93 back in the day. Now, like if you throw 95, like you're throwing some gas. So um, we always know that Lopez has that change up that, you know, comes and goes, but is, is can be a really elite pitch at times. But now he has this slider. Um, it really, really seems to be clicking. There, there is some concerns in the fact that, you know, Lopez the last two years has started really well, um, mm-hmm. but it looks like there's some, and, and then faded in the second half. Uh, maybe that was due to the fact that he had some injuries um, in the past and uh, didn't have too big of a workload uh, in that first year that he broke out, I believe, in 2021 behind him. Um, so maybe that was a stamina thing. But there looks like there's more of a solid foundation with, with Lopez this year that you could buy into it easily. I mean... A 32.3% strikeout rate is uh, nothing to laugh at. Uh, it's really, really good up there with the elite starting pitchers, and that's what Lopez kind of looks like he's becoming. Of the two, a little bit more faith in Joe Ryan because of the durability and possibly less of, of a cherry bomb. I, need, I, I know we've liked Lopez in the past, and then there's been some outings where it's been like, holy smokes, eight earned runs kind of ratio killer but where would you fall between the two of these guys i i think because ryan's fastball just like results wise and just the fact that you know people can't hit it is is a bit of a stronger base um and the command i think is is kind of what differentiates him and probably give ryan gives ryan a bit of a higher floor but right now if nothing changed with ryan's secondaries and he can't get those whiffs on either the slider or the splitter um, the upside for Lopez might be a little higher, at least from the K perspective. So, um, yeah, kind of, you know, sitting on the fence there and giving a half answer, but I think that's no, that's a good, that, that's a good way to frame it. I mean, when when it's going for Lopez, it, it looks about as good as it can, and he's just kind of got that makeup. But like, I'm not sure there's many pitchers in the league who have better extension than him. Um, and, and yeah, when he's throwing with the the increase on velo, it, it's tough to argue. I mean, you, you look at the whiff rates as well, and it's above average on the fastball. The sweeper is phenomenal. Uh, also, the changeup gets good results. So yeah, I like uh, the repertoire for for him as well. So third twin that we got to talk about is Sonny Gray, and you know I think that there's kind of just soft analysis here, Steve, or, or commentary, but 
it kind of feels like, oh, Sonny Gray's, you know, going to trick us again or do it again. Honestly, when you look at his past four or five seasons, there's only been one year, I think, in, in 2021 where it was kind of disappointing. Otherwise, it's looked good in different ways. And, you know, I know that kind of the volume hasn't been as reliable, but talk about a guy who, when it's going well, it looks great. Just a 29 innings pitched, a .62 ERA, uh, the K rate above 29%, uh, a little bit wobbly on the command with a 9.5% walk rate. Uh, but talk about Sonny Gray. I mean, th- this is one a little bit different because he's not quite on the ascent like the other two. But again, the Twins are kind of unlocking something here. And you know you're going to get some, some decent volume as long as he stays healthy. He's already gone seven innings in two of his five starts. And the strikeouts uh, appear to be there. So... I know it's pretty easily said that we would rank Sonny Gray third out of this list of three, but uh, talk about Sonny Gray because really in terms of results so far, he's probably been number one in terms of, you know, the strikeouts, the ratios. So uh, what are you seeing with with Sonny Gray here? 13.1% swing strike rate and a 31.2% CSW. Uh, The swing strike rate's the highest of his career, like by far. Uh, CSW, uh, the highest outside of... uh, his 64 inning stint in 2013 when he was a rookie and the 2020 shortened season when he was really, really good uh, in the shortened season uh, there with a 30% strikeout rate. So, uh, yeah, there's been some up and downs, and he's kind of that ho-hum name. But it, it there's something going on in Minnesota that they just know the best, you know, how to get the most out of these veteran guys and, and fine-tune arsenals uh it, it seems like a really really good um place to go uh a, as a veteran um he's increased his slider slider usage um and even though the velo's up a little bit uh, about half a tick on the fastball he's like completely stopped during the fastball he was 54.2 percent last year it's down to 31.5 percent uh with the fastball this year so a, a really really big uh, pitch mix change, and when you have you know a slider and 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 second and a changeup and cutter that that you can lean on a deep arsenal with with some good pitches. That's that's always a good thing for a guy that doesn't necessarily have um, an elite fastball. Um, so yeah, I'm really liking what what Sonny Gray did uh, so far this year. Uh, there was an interesting article, an interview with him uh, on Fangraphs from David Loria. He interviewed Sonny Gray and he talked about. Um, you know when he first learned to use the Respoto and and, and learn about spin with Cincinnati when he was traded there in 2019. Um, so it, it was a good read and just another interesting perspective on on how the Twins are are doing this with uh, some of these guys that you might not expect to have true breakouts. But yeah, I I think that any of these guys, if anyone's looking to sell on on those names, um, if you need pitching, like. This is a great way. Like, these names could be sort of found money. That's how late these guys were going. Like, right, if these teams drafted two or three pitchers early, they have another really good pitcher in in Ryan Lopez or Gray sitting there, and that might be an area of a strength for a team that might have went pitching heavy, right? So mm-hmm. uh, you, you could get these guys despite the really, really good results. So um, I like all three of the names. Yeah, another buy high there, and it's another guy that that Nick Pollock's got a a lot of confidence in right now. He's actually 29th on the SP list, which for sure is higher than kind of the market value. So 
can be a good, you know, kind of a, basically a trade chart to, to go out there and see. I mean, I'm sure you could turn a guy that was drafted a little bit higher into uh, Sonny Gray if a, a manager is trying to sell high. Unfortunately, he's been lights out. So, you know, you probably are not getting him for free by any stretch. But, um, yeah, I mean, the, the cutter is just completely ramped up in way of that fastball uh, along with some of the other pitches you're talking about, Steve. So uh, I, I like it. I just uh, – of the three – you know, I think I think Sonny Gray. It, it just seems like from past track record, you have to kind of expect that the ratios will come back to kind of where he typically is. Um, yeah, he's got a he's got a ninety three point five percent left on base right now. That's really yes. really high. So fortunate, and he's got some room with the the sub one ERA. But you know, in the past, I guess my point is. If you took the last five seasons, he's pretty much averaged out to be like a 3.7, 3.8 ERA guy and well over a strikeout per inning. So I think he's he was kind of underrated and forgotten coming into draft season. Uh, but yes, as you said, definitely found money. Uh, shifting over to the last kind of early standout that we wanted to highlight here, and it's Drew Rasmussen, who, you know, seems like raised pitchers uh, between springs dropping. Taj Bradley getting option down. It's like you're you're playing roulette a little bit, but Rasmussen is one uh, that's along with Shane O'Mac that's really been thriving so far this season. Uh, in five starts, Rasmussen has 27 innings pitched, 31 strikeouts, which is great to see. And the ratios you're kind of expecting solid floor there: a 3.33 ERA, a 1.19 WHIP, and yeah, it's all been kind of clicking for Rasmussen. Similar pitch mix to what we saw last year. Uh, but overall, I, I think you're taking this. I mean, the the cutters getting some solid whiffs, and yeah, when you when you put it all together and look at kind of uh, what he can do with the fastball velo, where he sits around 96 miles per hour, I think you're really happy with Rasmussen so far, and and kind of viewing him as a, a very solid SP3 that again could be kind of rising up into that SP2 territory. Uh, but under the hood, Steve. In terms of K minus BB or or the stuff numbers, what are you seeing with Drew Rasmussen so far this season? Yeah, um, I know he's been kind of lit up in two to the last three starts. I think he's given up five runs in two to the last three. Um, and there's always some inning concern with the Rays. Like, you know, if you play in the quality start league, people might not be thrilled to have Drew Rasmussen because there's seemingly so many five inning starts. But if anyone is selling because of the those two starts I would be buying and it's strictly because of the stuff plus play for me uh, he is fifth in the league among qualified starters among stuff plus behind DeGrom Otani a guy that we're going to mention in a second and Spencer Schreider um, that's really really good like just elite of elite stuff um, and then another thing that I like to look at is just fastball stuff plus because Hey, you know it's a pitch that you throw the most percent, most most of the time. Um, you need a good fastball to succeed in most cases. Um, he is third in that, behind Degrom and Spencer Strider. Um, he's throwing the fastball harder this year. It's up to ninety six point three, um, and he's throwing it more. So that's really good. And then, oh yeah, on top of that, his location plus is also amazing at one ten, which I believe is. Either first, yeah, first number one in location plus in in, in the league, uh, pitching plus, which is kind of a a, a grouping of the two. Uh, he is second behind Degrom. So, wow. Results aside, like 
on raw stuff, I'm all in on Drew Rasmussen. Like, if anyone is concerned about these last two starts, I think it's a, a great, great opportunity to uh, to buy. Like, this is just some of the best stuff in, in, in baseball, no matter how you look at it. Yeah, one slot ahead of Sonny Gray on uh, the list, on pitcher list. He's ahead of a guy like uh, George Kirby, who was drafted higher. Uh, what are your thoughts between those two? Would you would you be buying in on Rasmussen? Because, like you said, he's kind of wavered, whereas Kirby's kind of found his feet. Uh, what would you think of that trade? Which side would you prefer, Kirby or I, Rasmussen? I'd prefer Rasmussen based on the stuff and the the strikeout upside. Like, okay. I, I know Kirby is another guy that has a good fastball and really hasn't figured out the secondaries yet. I think with Rasmussen and Cutter and Slider um, – and, and that elite fastball, he's going to be able to tap in and continue those whiffs. And I think there's even more upside uh, for strikeouts with Rasmussen, uh, just based on the stuff alone. Love it. And we are going to get to the, the name Steve just teased as we get into our trick-or-treat section with pitchers who are kind of new to the scene, a little post-hype bounce backs, if you will. Uh, but first, we are going to take our first ad break, and we will be right back. When it comes to weight management, we tend to put our focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat, and that's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain, and they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow, and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Try Noom today and see the results for yourself. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. All right, so Steve, without further ado, an SP near and dear to my heart. Uh, I've got him in several leagues and and in my home league where I'm really uh, watching Graham Ashcraft closely because we heard the hype in spring training. We were just starry-eyed over the strikeout potential with all the swing and miss stuff in spring. And he's gotten some great results so far but surprisingly not the swing and miss stuff. So it's left the the industry a little bit uh, on different sides of the fence on is this a sell high or is this the real deal? In terms of the surface line, 30 innings pitched, just 24 strikeouts, but a 210 ERA and a 117 whip for Ashcraft. He just seemingly keeps getting it done with, you know, five, six start outings or six inning outings that you know, usually only have three or four strikeouts to go with it. Uh, but yeah, like you said, some of the uh, the numbers under the hood look really good. And Ashcraft is a pitcher that we were talking about quite a bit last year. And it seems like so far he's putting it all together just in a little bit different of a way than what we thought this breakout might look like. Uh, but make me feel better about Graham Ashcraft, Steve, because I want to believe that uh, I've got a gem here. But I'm not going to lie. I've, I've kind of seen and heard about all the whiffs being down and that's usually a pretty strong indicator for you know an ace breakout 
what do you think with Ashcraft and, and how do we diagnose this kind of uh, good surface results, but some back and forth stuff under the hood? Yeah, it's concerning. The whiffs aren't as strong as, as I would have hoped. And on top of that, uh, the walks are worse than, than I would have thought. He's got a, a, a believe an 11.3% walk rate. Uh, I think that was heading into the, today's start where he walked another four guys. So um, definitely didn't help his case there. He also only struck out three. Um, didn't have that many whiffs. I know, uh, I believe his grandmother passed away and was leaving the team uh, right yeah, after that, the start. Yeah, those were some um, cool cool videos, so, super emotional. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and it was cool that he was able to um, go six innings, get a quality start that, Reds actually blew the win for him, but so he didn't get a win today. But still, um, it was cool to see. Uh, yeah, this is another stuff plus play for me. I think I don't know if I'm leaning into the model too much, but a 132 on the cutter, a 158 on the slider, like with stuff that nasty, like it's just fine tuning as far as what he needs to do to, to tap into those whiffs. Like I really think everything is there to you know, lead to a breakout as far as translating the raw stuff into uh, results. Um, I mean, maybe it's a year away and and we're going to get, you know, not necessarily uh, the star pitcher that we want this year, but I think it's going to be sooner rather than later with, with two pitches that good. He also has a sinker that isn't great, but hey, if he could mix that in, like that's still really good uh, to be able to have something else to keep uh, the hitters off balance. He still throws it like 18% of the time, so it's not like a, you know a 2% pitch or anything like that. But I, I just really don't see how two pitches that good, a slider that that you know drops off the table and 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 breaks and then is thrown hard. Um, and then a cutter that comes in at, you know, 96 miles an hour uh, isn't going to translate to whiffs, essentially. So I, I, I think it's coming despite some some concerning underlying numbers. Yes. Yeah, I, I mean, I think a nice stable floor is the ground ball rate. I, I mean, I know the command is an issue when you say anything like floor, uh, but he, he's got the 17th coming into today's start as we record this on Wednesday, had uh, the 17th best ground ball rate in the majors. Uh, the Velo was second in the majors where he's sitting at 97. So yeah, Ashcraft, I mean, on the list, he's at 60th. I know Nick has mentioned he thinks he's a sell high. Uh, Scott White over at CBS has mentioned that as well. And honestly, you probably could sell pretty high just because of how good it's looked so far. But, you know, I'm, I'm just curious, like, I think I have a hard time, even a guy like Lance Lynn, who's had better swing and miss stuff and really bad results. Gosh, like, I don't know if I just have the, the spine to, to deal someone that he looked so promising in spring training. And now he still looks like a good pitcher. He's just not getting the whiffs, but... The actual stuff's great. It's just the location is lacking. So, yeah, it seems like he's one small tweak away from it all, like, clicking into place. Um, I don't know. I mean, it would have to be a good sell high for me. And 
with a name like this that doesn't have a lot of broad appeal, I'm just not sure anyone would deal someone that I would be excited enough about. Uh, like, you know, I, I feel like uh, even a guy that I'm on record really liking, uh, like a Justin Steele, maybe you could do a Justin Steele for Ashcraft, but I, oh, I, I, th- I just I think know. I think the... I think the Ashcraft manager would take that in a heartbeat right now, unless they're like us. And, and would do you think that that's something that you would prescribe? I mean, I know Steele's about a strikeout an inning. Ratios look great. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's, Steele has one pitch, right? He has the slider. Slider. That's it. Um, Ashcraft potentially has two with a cutter and the slider. So if you believe in that, then – then I have a hard time talking you the other way. I think you're going to get rewarded uh, if you hold on or believe in, in Ashcraft. Like, I think there is going to be a day soon where he strikes out 11 batters. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm with you on holding out. It might be blind faith there or escalation of commitment, but I, I'm still in on Ashcraft, and I was encouraged to see the stuff plus stuff, him being a top five. It just doesn't add up that the whiffs would be that low, so... Uh, you know, maybe, maybe there's still some hope there that it'll fall into place. Uh, probably the biggest bounce back uh, or, or post-hype sleeper on this list is Josiah Gray, who, despite kind of consistently putting in good, good results his past handful of starts, is still rostered in just like 10% of leagues. And part of that is his record. He, he gets no help from the Nats, 1-4 and four on the season, but a 293 ERA. Uh, just about a strikeout per inning. The whip hasn't looked as good. Mm-hmm. He's given up some some hits, even though the walk rate's improved from last year. A 134 whip, so that's a little disappointing. But Gray has made tangible changes where he is absolutely throwing some of his, his breaking stuff more than last year with the slider notched up and the fastball dropping from 39% usage all the way down to 29%. Uh, so pretty substantial changes there. Uh, Josiah Gray, we talked about plenty last year, Steve. Uh, this year, he's using the slider as his primary pitch. It gets good whiffs, um, you know, and it's been tough to square up. That that pitch alone has a 167 batting average against a 118 XBA. And yeah, when you kind of game log out Josiah Gray, you know, he's coming off his best start of the year against the Mets. Six innings, nine strikeouts, just one walk. Um, I mean, I think that at the minimum, his roster ship should be higher just to see what we got here because he's 25 years old and it wasn't long ago that he was a top Dodgers pitching prospect uh, before the whole uh, Trey Turner deal. So are, are you buying in on Josiah Gray? How quickly do you think you kind of rush to grab him? Or do you think this is a little bit of uh, smoke and mirrors because he doesn't have that fastball quite figured out? Yeah, I don't know if I could jump fully in on Josiah Gray. I'm not saying that because I dropped him before this Mets start. Um, I was rostering him for a bit. Um, but I think he might be more of a cherry bomb, uh, as Nick says, um, you know, just because of that fastball. Um, all the ERA indicators are, like, in the fours, but I don't know if that's necessarily fair. Um, but the home runs are what killed him in, in the first two years. They were 18.6% home run the fly ball. That's down to 12.1%. 
and I know it's not the best judge uh, way to to judge players, but um, the barrel percentage allowed is down to six point three percent, and in twenty twenty one was twelve point two percent and ten point seven percent. So guys are barreling him up, um, and the fact that he stopped throwing that fastball that's really really not good um, has helped lower that number. So that's really encouraging. The pitch mix is great. I would, you know, the strikeout percentage it's still just at twenty one point four percent, like. You know, if he had these results and that was even like 25, 27%, I think I might um, be jumping in and be a little bit more excited. Um, but I think I think we're going to get what we've kind of had from him so far. Uh, and that's going to be, you know, a six-inning, eight-strikeout game, then a five-inning, three-run, four-strikeout game. And overall, yes, that player should be rostered, though. So, um Kind of back story. end of the rotation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Guy. Like maybe a team streamer like Paul Spore likes to say you're not going to start him in like the worst of worst matchups, but I think 70% of the time you're going to want to throw Josiah Gray out there. Yeah, and I think the uh, at least worth noting is that on, on, on his last start he had with the nine strikeouts, I think it was like 17 whiffs. And a decent amount of those, uh, I want to say nine whiffs, came from his fastball. So that's at least encouraging that he, he flashed a little bit of capability to, uh, you know, get it to expand the arsenal, get it done, and also improve uh, the whip quite a bit with just the one walk. So, yeah, I, th- I think it's at least worth, uh, you know, kind of rostering, even if you, you bench some of the rough starts. Uh, but, yeah, he's not... Uh, like the other guys on that we're talking about on today's show where he's right at the top of like a, a stuff plus or anything. Um, so yeah, I think th- that that's gray and you know, we'll see what comes next. He has the pirates on Sunday. That's definitely a start to watch and uh, you know, even set the reminder in your phone. If it looks good, I would grab him. after that. He's got uh, a couple road matchups at the diamondbacks and then uh, in San Francisco as well. So that's, Josiah Gray, who's probably under-rostered. Let's shift over to uh, more of a bounce back here with Jose Barrios. We uh, just can't quit Steve, and he won't let us. Uh, His last three starts, 19 innings pitched, 18 strikeouts, uh, 2-1 record in that time with a 142 ERA and a .68 whip. Um, One thing I noticed under the hood with Barrios is he's getting a lot more extension on his fastballs this season. And, you know, that's something that obviously mechanical, something you're working on in the off season. And yeah, really another guy who's kind of coming off a a start that was really demanding our attention. So Barrios, very much a a ho-hum name, uh, like you had mentioned earlier for, for Sonny Gray, but Still pretty available. I mean, 58% rostered in Yahoo leagues coming off, you know, a nine strikeout outing of his own against the White Sox. So talk to me about Barrios. Uh, This is the trick-or-treat segment. Are we uh, believing in this, or is this another trap from Barrios? Yeah, I mean, I thought he was a drop early on. Um, That first start against Kansas City was like, you know, as layup of a layup you can get. Right against like one of the worst offenses in the league, and he just got absolutely blown up. Um, didn't pitch well in his next start. I forgot who that was against, but that's. I think he was dropped in Angels, a lot, a lot of yeah. leagues. Yeah, the Angels, another you know not the worst matchup. Um, and he still might be sitting out there because he's got a four seven one ERA, but 
under the hood, he's got a 26.1% strikeout rate. That's the best since 2021, uh, tied for his career best. 4.3% walk rate, career best. Uh, 13.2% swing and strike rate, career best. 31.7% CSW, career best. Um, like, there's a lot that's encouraging. His ground ball rate, 49.4%. That's like 9 percentage point higher than he's ever had. Um, so, I, uh, and this is crazy. I've never seen a discrepancy in, in, in ERA indicators like this. His XERA is 5.05. His FIP is 2.3. So his hmm. FIP is half of what his X here. It's just it's just super interesting. You know, usually they're all within like a half run, a run at most. But to see a discrepancy in XERA versus FIP is just you know uh, pretty shocking. And then just looking at, at FIP, XFIP, Pierre, like it's all like a clear buy, right? Um, and then like the old school, um, you know, oldest way to look at buy lows like his whip is 1.08 his era is 4.7 like a 4.7 yeah. era doesn't go with a 1.08 whip i would absolutely be adding um barrios everywhere um sorry sal in my home league i said he was a drop um he's no longer not uh, <laughs> sal uh, sal actually just became a dad today too so so shout out to him hey sorry. congrats I'm, I'm sal just, I'm sorry. He was a standout of his own at at your wedding. I had a great time hanging with Sal. So shout out there as well. Sorry to uh, to, that I told you to drop Barrios. It was a mistake. My bad. So Barrios on the the stuff plus numbers is uh, ranked 25th on stuff plus, and on the uh, pitching plus he is 30th. So you know the the type of things that you are happy to see with Barrios because, like you said, it was. uh, you know, everyone thought he was drop worthy, and yeah, if you're into the the home league voodoo stuff, the the manager in my league who is generally clueless but always finds his way into just dumb luck, rosters Barrios. So if nothing else, add him because Dave Stoughton oh, rosters him. Uh, so let, let's keep rolling here. We got plenty of names to get through. Next one is another post hype guy in Rowanzi Contreras, who you know we were way on board last year, Steve. Uh, it kind of started good, then the wheels came off, and this year it's looking a little bit different as well because he's a, he's another guy who's leaning more on the secondaries where he's pretty much flip-flopped his slider and fastball usage. Uh, this year his slider has, has ramped up from 34% use up to 45 where that's his primary pitch, and his fastball has pretty much traded places where it went from 48% usage down to 37 so those are, you know, very sizable, tangible changes. And the slider gets great whiffs at, at a 43% whiff rate. Um, you know, on that pitch, just opponents can't hit it so far. And Contreras, while the season line looks kind of mediocre with a 358 ERA, a 134 whip, he's another guy who's coming off some really good starts. Uh, most recently, uh, as we record this on, on Wednesday, Today against the Dodgers, six innings, he got the win, five strikeouts, no earned runs, a .67 whip. And yeah, the, the start before that against the Reds, he went out there in six and two-thirds and had eight strikeouts. So this is a guy that, again, had our attention last season. And right now, he's just 24% rostered in Yahoo leagues. Uh, Contreras, just a 23-year-old pitcher. Um, I mean... I don't know that it's going to be what we've seen the past couple starts, but it's a, it's a guy that definitely 
I have on my watch list in, in terms of an ad. Uh, some starts coming up for Rowanzi, just for context. Uh, he does have the Rays on the road, the Blue Jays at home, and then at Baltimore. So definitely not an easy slate. Uh, but he has my attention, Steve. I don't know if you're interested in Rowanzi. I, I haven't been, but but I am a bit more now after these last few starts. It's just so hard. Like I would have be, I'd be so scared to throw him in those three starts. And like the issue with those kind of things, like if he shoves against Tampa, like you're not going to have him because if someone's rostering him, they're not going to drop him after that start, even if they don't start him. Or if someone does have the stones to to throw him there, like and he does well, like. That's it. Like he's going to be on that that guy's team. So maybe it's an ad if, now and see how he does. Right? If yeah. he's If he's still out there, uh, um, I was going to ask if he does decent or you know above average at Tampa. Is it an instant ad for you? Because obviously Tampa's been red hot historically. Yeah, they they were shut out the last two games. So um, maybe it's a, it's a good timing. But you know the super soft sample. So I, I'd still be worried about that offense um yeah and toronto's at home so so you can make you feel better a little bit about that baltimore's now more of a pitcher's park so you know i'm I'm kind of talking myself into it like if he's out there i think it's definitely worth a shot like it looks like something has clicked over these these last three starts essentially okay so between josiah gray who's focusing on secondaries and rowanzi who's also kind of doing the same formula. Are you leaning gray there just because it's looked a little bit better for longer here? Yeah, or or is it, or is it you know, you don't know what you have in, in, in the unknown of, of, of Ronzi. Uh, <laughs> it, 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 it's close. It's close. Yeah, um, I, I, I do think those two are kind of in the same grouping for me, for sure. Yeah. I, I think I'd I think I'd lean Gray just because I know those secondary the the two secondaries are, are really good and I know Ronzi you know potentially has this elite slider, um, but I think I'd lean Gray just because we've seen it a little bit more and you know uh, I think he's shown a few more flashes already despite how good um, Ronzi's uh, last three starts have been. Okay, we're shifting the pendulum to some buy lows. Uh, but we are going to take our next break. We'll be right back. Okay, so Steve, now a, a group of names probably rostered a little bit higher for the most part, uh, but we've just seen some head-scratching things where it might look good uh, under the surface, but it, for one reason or another, has not looked good on uh, you know the kind of the production lines they're putting out. And of course, we got to mention Nick Lodolo, who... <laughs> has been one of the more confusing pitchers where the strikeout rate has been phenomenal. 37 strikeouts and 25 and two-thirds, but the ratios have basically been killing your weekly matchups. A 631 ERA, a 1.87 whip. Uh, He kind of started out with three good or or okay enough starts with the strikeouts to go with it, but then two absolute blow-ups. Eight earned runs versus Tampa, six earned runs versus the Rangers, and now everyone who rosters Lodolo is is probably, you know, I won't say ready for a hate drop, but they're definitely, uh, you know, dropping some expletives in their league chats about Lodolo. Should they be patient? I know we got an Oakland start coming up. 
that has to be a get-right game, I, I would imagine. But what do we think on Lodolo? Because we've been talking about some sell-high candidates, and this is probably a buy-low opportunity. Yeah, this might be my favorite buy-low opportunity. Um, like, the knock on Lodolo was the walk rate, and he's improved that. It's a 29.6% strikeout rate. We know that's there. It's still there, even in the blow-ups. Um, he's still just walking seven. Po- he's walking just 7.2% of the guys. Uh, it was 8.8% last year, and we're like, you know, if you get that down to around 8, like, you know, you can live with that. Um, but, yeah, it's around three walks per nine, which is really, really good. Um, his homer to fly ball is 23.1%. His left on base is not horrible, 77.5. The ground ball rate is still really good. He's getting a ton of whiffs. His CSW is great. He's allowing a few more barrels, but I, I think this might just be noise and like you know the Rays are a good offense. So is Texas. So I think it. I think it's just two random blowups, and I, I would be all in on Lodolo. He is tenth um, in strikeout minus walk rate. Um, stuff plus, uh, not as unless I'm missing him here. Or he's not uh, not on the on the on the on the qualified here, but that's not that's not a question for me uh, with Lodolo. Um, I'd be, and I, I think I might fire off some some offers for him for a buy low in, in leagues where the, where there's trading, um, just because I, I I like him that much and and really think that it isn't going to get any worse than, than those two starts. Like it's a hold or. or a massive buy for me. Right. They were both at Great American Small Park, so that, that factors in a little bit. Um, I think that the obvious one is we, we would do Graham Ashcraft for Lodolo, right, on a little Reds pitcher he, swap there? Yeah. You'd yeah, be lucky to get yeah, the accept yeah. probably, but, um, yeah. yeah, I think, you know, that one makes sense. I do think Lodolo uh, will be fine. That If you're going to make some offers, it would be a good idea to do it sooner than later because the Oakland start will probably look very good on Sunday. Uh, if it doesn't, then uh, it's going to be probably worth a, a deeper dive there. But uh, just looking at any other names here that, yeah, that sit su- behind su- surprising, surprising. It's a 98 stuff plus. Um, the fastball is 108, which is really good. But I, I would have thought that the slider would have been a lot better. Well, or the the curveball, sorry, the curveball. That's his like bread and butter strikeout pitch, but that's just ninety four, changeup seventy three. Um, locations are good though, so I I think he's going to figure it out, and I'm just going to bet on yeah you know, this guy that's still striking out thirty percent of the batters he's faced to not give up mm. six and six runs a, a night. Would you deal Sonny Gray for Nick Lodolo? I would, yes. Yeah, I I would as well. Um, I have a harder time with Rasmussen and Joe Ryan, who were drafted after Lodolo, but I think they've looked so good, and the expectations are higher. I'm not sure on that one, to be honest. Yeah, I I agree. Those are closer for me, but uh, Sonny Gray, I would, yes. Okay. All right. Uh, Yeah, that's that's Lodolo. Let's keep rolling on the list here. Uh, Logan Webb is the next up where... Uh, kind of some some interesting stuff for Webb because the, the strikeouts are actually clicking in uh, with 36 Ks in 30 and two-thirds innings, which is a little bit more than what Webb is, is typically sitting on like a K per nine, but just one and four in terms of his record this year and a 440 ERA, a 114 whip. 
Uh, it's worth noting on this since our episode drops Friday this week is uh, he is slated to pitch against the Cardinals on Thursday night. So that's going to color this conversation a little bit. So apologies for that. Just kind of a, a scheduling swap this week. Uh, but Logan Webb, Steve, I mean, what are you thinking here in terms of a, a buy low candidate? Yeah, it's just a, it's a, it's another situation similar to Ladolo that I think there's been some some blowups that are you know kind of hiding a, a really good pitcher here, um, a 29.5 percent strikeout rate, 3.3 percent walk rate, like that does not equal a 4.4 ERA. Like there, you know, the thing with Webb, there's been always been so many ground balls, and he's still getting that. He's at 60 percent ground ball rate. Um, but the whiffs kind of left you wanting more, especially last year when he struck out just 21% of the batters he faced. But if you told me that Brandon Webb is now a 30% strikeout rate pitcher, like I would say that you now have a top 15 pitcher, which in that ballpark with the amount of ground balls that he gets, um, I think he might be closer to his 255 XFIP and 266 Sierra uh, the rest of the way. With uh, you know how how good that is of a of a of a pitch mix like or you know just a, a mix of skills to get that many ground balls it's a nine point nine percent power rate right now twenty eight point six percent home run the fly ball that is coming down that is coming down um, hey maybe Logan Webb is now my favorite buy low over Nick Lodolo. I think it's probably an easier buy low because the the strikeout numbers haven't been so eye popping, and yeah. uh, you know. I but think I mean, Lodola is a six three one ERA, you know, so maybe, maybe yeah. it's not. I don't know. No, I hear you. It just seems like Webb was almost drafted for the floor, and you're seeing you're seeing kind of a a, a ceiling emerge. But Lodola was such a. a popular breakout pick that I think there is just a little bit less sizzle with with Webb where I don't know maybe that's just my perception but I, I feel like when you draft a floor guy and you're not getting floor uh, you yeah. might be a little bit quicker to, to kind of deal them and, and overlook the fact that uh, the, the swing and miss stuff's looking a lot better so um, yeah I, I really like that one I think that one is another one that we would probably do Ashcraft for right? I think so, yes. Okay, yeah, I like it. Um, so Nathan Eovaldi is, is next on the list here, a, another guy whose velo looked terrific in spring training, obviously with all the hype of the staff down in Texas. And so far the Ks have been there, which is kind of what Eovaldi can bring, 31 strikeouts and 27 and two-thirds inning. But the ratios have not looked good. Uh, similar story to, to Webb and Lodolo. A 520 ERA, a 141 whip. Uh, he has the Yankees on Saturday, which is tough to kind of diagnose how that one will go with what's going on with the Yankees. But um, your thoughts on Eovaldi, Steve, uh, looking at some of the, the underlying metrics? Yeah, it, it's similar, right? I, I, I And Texas is another place that seems like it's get they get the most out of these veteran guys that you wouldn't really expect. I mean, except John Gray. This except, year, except, yeah. well, except John Gray. This year, let me yeah. bring that one up. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it's another thing that like all these underlying numbers: the swing strike rate, CSW, uh, both career bests. Um, the velo is still good, striking out twenty six point three percent of the time, career best. Four point two percent walk rate. That's like in line with where he's been 
um, since he's been a really useful fantasy arm. Like, it's a, another one that ERA 520 does not line up with that. Uh, the indicators are telling you that as well. 371 XERA, 221 FIP. Um, like, even the old school approach of, of the whip. Uh, the whip is still pretty high. Um, 1.41, you'd like to see that come down, but I imagine it would um, just based on, you know, who this guy's been in the past. Uh, a 59.6% left on base. Uh, so that's where that unluckiness is coming from. It's still just a 3.8% homer fly ball. But getting good ground balls 44% of the time, like, all of that is ingredients for success, not a, uh, a 5 ERA. Yeah, the only cold water is I do kind of feel like Eovaldi has, I mean, last year he kind of started out with, with some really good K stuff. And I know in past seasons his velo has kind of uh, declined throughout the season, kind of like a Yusei Kikuchi type of issue. Um, and he is 33. So, um, gosh, I, I feel like his max – uh, in the spring training, he was like touching like 98 and stuff, and and now it's like looking at his fastball sitting at 95.4, which is under where it was last year. Like maybe of this list, Eovaldi, it does feel kind of like a, a pretty significant drop down. Like this is not a guy. It might it might be the I, riskiest one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this is not one that I I don't think I would deal Ashcraft for Eovaldi, but maybe. You would probably not, um, but it, it it's close. But I just don't know if he has the upside of Lodolo or Webb. Yeah, I, I mean, I do think it's a good good name though, and it could be. I think a it's a good target. Yeah. Or, yeah, and it's target, probably gonna yeah. co- it's probably gonna cost you less. Yes, yes, that, I, I'm on board. Like with he that. might be he might be dropped, you know, in some leagues. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I agree. Like He's no probably, one's dropped. No one's twelve teams. No one's dropping Lodolo or Webb. Like Evaldi, might be an ad. Yeah, I mean, right now he's 55% rostered, so in that same kind of territory as uh, Jose Barrios, he's probably available in 12-teamers and maybe even some 14-teams. So, uh, yeah, I I do agree that there's uh, plenty of intrigue there with Eovaldi, just maybe not, uh, certainly not to the same scale as Lodolo or Webb. Uh, Going, you know, deeper down the rabbit hole here, Dean Kramer for the Orioles is another guy, maybe it's because we have Alex Fast on this network, that we hear about often, and it, it seems like he kind of builds you up to let you down a little bit. And so far, that's been the case this year in, in the 24-odd innings, less than a strikeout per inning in some rough ratios. But, Steve, you threw him on the rundown, and I kind of double-took. So talk to me <laughs> about Kramer, uh, you know, what you're, you're seeing here and, and why we should – have him on on our radar for kind of a watch list guy. This one you really really have to squint. All of the ERA indicators do not like it. Uh, you know, there there's not much in, in like the WHIP in that old school approach. Um, the K percentage isn't great. Um, you know, uh, the, the WHIP percentage is mediocre. Uh, there's no like luck metrics or anything like that that are truly is this a sell out, low the, that the you're 21.2%. describing right? No, the the reason why um, I have him on this list is because um, for 
I had it up before. Um, for qualified pitchers, I believe he is fifth uh, in, in fastball stuff plus. Um, so the, the, there's something in there in the fact that he has a, uh, a fastball stuff plus that's right around Joe Ryan, around Edward Cabrera, Nick Lodolo, Zach Gallen. Um, he also has uh, a slider that's above average, a 112 stuff plus in slider. That is uh, among guys with 20 innings pitched. That is um, 26th. Um, his locations are better than average. So he's got average stuff, uh, good above average stuff, average location. Like that should be a decent pitcher. Um, yeah, there's a lot more that goes into it than just the raw numbers, but. Um, He's got decent stuff, and you know there's there's other guys that haven't had success despite this, and you know Clark Schmidt comes to mind, um, Jose Arquiti, um, but guys have made it work with a lot less is kind of all my point. Um, so I would just consider him as a streaming option uh, in good matchups at home or in good ballparks um, where you might just dismiss him because he does have decent stuff. He was a big prospect, too. I think he came over in the Machado trade um, from the Dodgers. Yeah, and he's got the Tigers this weekend, so if nothing else, it could be a a weekend stream or a weekend watch list guy. Uh, I think it gets a little bit tougher after that with the Braves and a series against the Rays. Um, But, I I mean, I think it's at least a good name that's much deeper, uh, maybe an NFBC kind of target or pickup if he's available. Um, but yeah, I think that those are our buy lows, definitely with Lodolo, Webb, teardrop, Eovaldi, and then a big, big teardrop to, <laughs> to Dean Creamer. But yeah, that's, I mean, really good points that you would not expect him to be topping the charts for kind of fastball stuff like, plus. Yeah, there's, there's something him. that the model yeah. likes about him that, you know, maybe they, they, it could be unlocked. Yeah, it's at least worth kind of storing in the vault if, uh, you know, there's a new pitch or if. A breakout game happens that uh, there are at least some indicators here. So moving along to kind of our final segment here, Steve, where we have to talk about the youngsters with with this wave of prospects in the past, I guess you could say, week for a few of these guys. And then Taj Bradley is thrown in the mix because, sadly, kind of like Jordan Walker, he has uh, been optioned uh, prematurely, I'll go ahead and say. But uh, Bradley has obviously been elite. He's probably rostered everywhere. Um, He's looked really good. I know he kind of had a a mediocre start um, his last outing, but even that looked solid enough. Mm -hmm. At at, at this point, Bradley's 3-0, a 3-5-2 ERA, a .91 whip, uh, 23 strikeouts in 15 and a third innings for Bradley. And, yeah, I mean, it's just a tough call. You know, you you really don't want to drop a guy like this. And I feel like looking at the rest of their staff, like a Josh Fleming, it's it's a matter of time before he'll kind of get called back in would be my expectation is maybe they're just trying to control his total innings knowing that they're going to have a deep run this fall. But is there anything you would add or change on that? It's just kind of a head-scratcher before we get into this next three-pack that's much more – uh, targets and ads, whereas Bradley's probably pretty rostered uh, in most leagues. Although he could be getting dropped. Yeah, it, it's criminal that he's he's been sent down. Like 
he looks like one of the best pitchers, like just in the league with with how good he's been in the terms of strikeouts. So uh, I would be looking to to add him or or trade for him if you could hold him through any any sort of NA spot or minor slot or even if you're able to to stash him on your bench. Like this guy looks like he's that that good. Um, probably my favorite of any of the names that we'll talk about, um, but. It's an absolute add or hold. Like, if there's any bit of a way to, you know, someone has a roster crunch, they can't hold him for, for however long he's going to be down. I don't think it'll be down for long. Like, you know, I think people are speculating like a month. I would take the under on that. Like, their excuse was such garbage. Like, to get him used to a, a six-man, a five-man rotation, he's used to, like, being a, in a five-man, like... I think there was a stat like Shane McClanahan's pitched like on four days rest, like so like a normal five day rotation just with off days and what the Rays do with openers. I think like two or three times in like the last three years. So like it's not it's a non issue. Like it, it doesn't it doesn't make any sense. Like I think he'll be up soon. It just seems like it's it's manipulation. But Bradley is the real deal. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think it's another one like you said if. Your roster can afford it. Uh, some of the candidates for for sell high that we've been talking about, uh, Bradley could be a good target. He, he's uh, down to fifty eight percent rostered. That's dropped from sixty nine percent before. So definitely some teams are dropping here for Bradley. Same kind of roster range as Barrios and Eovaldi. Uh, let's move to the next two, Steve. I'm gonna kind of lump the the Guardians together as. Uh, you know, they've referred to this as the next wave of the up-and-comers here. And Tanner Bybee is kind of the higher-end prospect of the two, but Logan T. Allen was uh, the one who got the first crack. Uh, much obliged on you giving me the, the quick heads up. I think we both rode the wave on that. They both had very similar starts where they went into the sixth inning. Logan Allen completed six. Tanner Bybee, five and two-thirds. The quality start fairies probably... Uh, we're, we're not in favor there. They both had a sub-2 ERA, uh, a sub-110 whip, and eight strikeouts. So looked really good. Uh, Bybee had Rocky Road, and Allen had Miami. So neither one uh, a big test, uh, but plenty to be excited about for both. I watched most of Logan Allen start, and I was pretty impressed. I mean, the whiffs were there. Um, I love the changeup. I know a lot of people weren't talking about that as much. Um and he, he's got kind of a smaller frame, but uh, I was just really impressed by how he was working batters from the left. He looked totally in control, uh, induced a bunch of ground balls. And I know that there were some weird reports that it wasn't his next start wasn't going to be until uh, May 2nd. So pretty much having a full off week. But there was just a, a report that he should start Sunday at Boston. Um, so we might see Logan T. Allen again. Um, and then Bybee, we don't really know. I mean, his, his start was just uh, Tuesday, and then he might be slated for a, a road matchup with the Yankees next, um, but that's kind of speculation until we hear. I guess overall, just talk to me about these two, Steve. I feel like just 20% rostered each. I mean, the obvious advice is, like, go grab these guys. Like, these are guardian pitchers that – so far, what we've seen has looked terrific. So it's really tough to say uh, that you should wait and, and watch and, and watch your league mates pick these guys up. But 
anything to add on these two with Logan Allen and, and Tanner Bybee? No, they, they just both look really, really impressive. Um, I mean, the fact that, you know, it, it, they were two bad offenses needs to be considered. But, hey, I mean, the fact that these guys came up and got a ton of whiffs versus um, big league hitters right away, it, it, it looks ready. And then talk about an organization that, you know, gets the most out of these types of, of players. Like Allen, you know, is more of a location first guy, only had, you know, throws 93 from the left side. Um, a little more velo um, from uh, Bybee, uh, if I'm correct there. Um, yeah, he averaged. Yeah, 95. Was it was nine, nine? Yeah, yeah. that's you know a, a nice base, but I, I would have a hard time cheating. Like I would want both, right? Like that's kind of how I would feel. Like the whiffs just look like they're they're there, and to come from this organization that gets the most out of these pitchers, like um. And and isn't afraid to use them right? Like these guys stay in the in the in the, in the Guardians rotation, right? Like we saw that with Bieber, we saw it with McKenzie. Like totally, they'll like, figure out the a, they'll figure out a way. Yeah, th- these are the guys who won't last as well. So like uh, to me, it's so much more of a priority than like a Roanzi Contreras or Josiah Gray, who you know, like in the case of Roanzi, has, has is rostered a little bit more, um, and and I just don't think that these guys are going to stick around. It's that whole opportunity cost discussion that like they're one good start away from this, this roster ship going from 20 up to like 60. So uh, now is the time. And I, I think there's no reason not to, you know, basically pay to find out for both of them if they're available, um, which leads us to our last picture of the, the rundown here, Steve. And it's Brandon Fott who. You and I were both excited about. It. I think we grabbed him in uh, in a dynasty league. I might be wrong on that, but um, I, I've got him stashed away. Very excited for Fought Day. I know we uh, thought we were going to see it with with Mad Bum, and then they did not bring up Fought. And now it looks like uh, he's he's rumored to start Saturday in Coors, unfortunately. But Fought has found uh, some success so far. Uh, pitching in the the PCL, which is a similar run environment anyway. So uh, Fott, just 25% rostered. This is a top, top pitching prospect for the Diamondbacks. Um, I, I mean, what what are your thoughts here? It definitely seems like more of the same that you got to go out and add this uh, to see what comes of it, even if it's, uh, you know, no such thing as a pitching prospect. You got to kind of invest to find out, right? Yeah, I'm excited. Um, I know there's been some kind of disappointing results so far, but I'm taking all that with a grain of salt. It's still a 30% strikeout rate, just a 4.8% walk rate at AAA. Um, so, yeah, if you did miss out on Bybee or, or Allen, um, you know, go grab Fott. Uh, he may have the best skills of, like, any pitching prospect, so you have to essentially find out. Um you know, if, I know some leagues have, like, you know, you have to start the guy when you add him that week. Like, I, I still think that's worth it. Like, even though it's at Colorado, like, you have to do it. That's that's how good uh, Fott's upside, upside is. Yeah. Uh, I mean, of the three, I, I think because of, of the upside, even though we've seen a couple good starts, I think I would 
maybe rank these fought, and then it's almost a tie between Logan Allen and Bybee, but maybe a, a slight edge to Bybee just because of a little bit more of, like, the raw, like the velo and everything. But how would you rank the three three of these, Steve? Yeah, I, I, it's hard because you had two really good results already, and not that that's everything, but um, I'd probably go fought. Uh, I think I might actually go Allen. I just think that, you know, Maybe there was a reason why he was first in that pecking order. Um, has sort of maybe a bit more command and from that left side could be a little tricky. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it, it's close, though. Like, that that's a, to- a toss-up for me. Yeah, it is. It is. One really, I mean, impressive thing about Logan Allen watching the start was just his tempo. I mean, he was one of those guys that just attacks, and it's like no need for the pitch clock with a guy like that. Like, he was just dialed in and... and tackling hitters a lot of first Love pitch that. strikes yeah. so it was a really yeah. good outing um so yeah very exciting for for these guys and across the board exciting stuff for for pitchers coming into uh the the second month of the year i'm i'm pumped steve i know uh you you can never have enough starting pitching help never. this time never. of the year so i think there's a lot of actionable stuff here hopefully you guys tuning in appreciated it but Steve, that uh, that wraps us up. Uh, you made it, man. Now you're ready for uh, game five over there. And you got oh, yeah. like a whole week to recover, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, hopefully, uh, if I do lose my voice, it's uh, in, in screaming joy like it's like it's been this last uh, four days, not like, not like the, the four days before that. So, um, yeah, it, this is great. I, I, I hope that we uncovered some buy lows and and some buy highs too or holds uh it's always fun talking pitching especially once you have this this decent sample to talk about love it well you guys can can tune in check out our show every week uh typically we are on thursdays this week was uh kind of a one-off but appreciate you guys listening in and as always you guys can follow the podcast on twitter at wins above pod i'm at van underscore verified and steve is at stav 8818 but that wraps us up for episode 97 talking early pitching standouts thanks for talking baseball with us guys thanks for listening better <laughs>